0: And so um, I want to tell you guys a story. I was out walking. I walk about six days a week, all right? And um, and I go out, and there's a particular path that I typically do, right? Every morning I'll reverse it. Sometimes I go. Here's why I do that is because I'm pretty sure, 99% positive, that no dog is going to come running out at me and I know, you know, if, if you veer from the path a little bit, I've done that before on my longer walks, and, uh, and then all of a sudden you got a pit bull charging at you. And, uh, and uh, no, when I had this one time, I, just a side note, I lifted up off the ground, somehow rotated in the mid in midair and started running, I think, before I actually hit the ground, um, and um, if someone had security footage, it would have been a great time for them. Uh, and so I'm out, I'm walking a Friday morning, and uh, typically I try to walk against traffic. And why do I walk against traffic? Well, I walk against traffic so if in that moment there is a car plowing at me, okay, I can dive. Uh, the other way is if you're walking uh, with traffic, you just don't know it's coming all right, uh, which in the end might be better. So is, here is the deal. Uh, so Friday morning, I'm walking down. It's a low traffic street that I'm going on. I'm walking against traffic. Um, there's no sidewalk, but it's, it's very low traffic, like 30 miles an hour. It's like neighborhood type stuff, okay? And so I'm walking, and what I realized is as I walk, there, there's just Two kinds of people, now I'm just minding my own business. I'm listening to the third book of C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy: Amazing there. Read that. Um, so I'm listening to this book. I'm going along, I'm having a good time, and uh, there's cars. And I've there, decided there's two types of cars, not cars, people that are driving those cars. Like <laughs> there's the kind that are considerate. And there's a the kind that aren't. Like, those, those are the two kinds. It, we might throw a third one in there as a, a distracted uh, a person. Uh, but there's inevitably, in a walk of any distance, what you're going to find is there's going to be people that are going to move over, like clear over to the other side for you. All right? Uh, there's going to be people that, that straddle the center line for you they make that there's going to be people that don't care about you and i i don't know if they're playing a game to see how close they can get to you and and you know that they see you because you make eye contact with them you're like what are you doing so the deal is this they're staying their course uh the ones that won't get over they're staying their course they may move over a little bit but not much some of them like are distracted while others of them are um What's the word? Psychotic. One time I was crossing a road. I think I told you guys about this. And I, a woman made eye contact with me, and she just kept hitting the accelerator. And I'm like, "Cool, all right." Uh, didn't know we were playing a real live game there of, you know, of Atari or whatever that game was. So, so Frogger. There you go. Thank you. And, and so. But what what we find is this, uh, and I had this thought when I was walking, um, was what kind of driver am I? Right, because that stuff always makes you like look at. Hopefully, it makes you look and think. Do I? What do I do when people are walking? Like, do I try to be considerate? Do I try to make room? Uh, do I do I just keep going? Do I not care? Am I not paying attention? Uh, what kind of driver? am i and so many times i think we get like we're on mission right we're going i got to make it here and for some of us we got to drop the kids off and we got to go pick this up and we're just busy busy and we don't have really time to look around and and so um i just thought am i willing to make room for people like uh, am i actually willing to look out for the needs of others even though i don't know them as a driver and so we'll come back to that in a little bit. But let's pray right now. And I just want to pray a simple prayer. God, would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? You. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, we're finding, hopefully, we're finding life in Christ. As we wholeheartedly give ourselves over to Christ, we're finding life life in christ and, and we saw last week in the latter part of chapter three uh, james was calling people to live this honorable life and and what we said was the real the better explanation of that is is this mode of living that's found only in christ and only in the wisdom of god and james compared two kinds of wisdom uh wisdom from god and wisdom that's from not are not from God and and then he's saying this hey how do you do this well here's a couple of things Um, God has character he's the same yesterday today and forever and and he says here's what you can do and some of those characteristics that you can share are to be pure and considerate be willing to yield to others be merciful uh, to live a life of action to be impartial and sincere And this mode of living is only found, it's found nowhere else except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's found nowhere else. And where do we find life? We actually find true life in Christ. And so James is uh, imploring his readers, hey, Take on the characteristics of God. Well, he continues then uh, in chapter 4, and I'm going to read these 10 verses. They're going to be up here as well. Um, But read along with me, not out loud, uh, but you can read along. And so here we go. James 4, verse 1, it starts with this. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure you adulterers don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of god i say it again if you want to be a friend of the world you make yourself an enemy of god do you think the scriptures have no meaning they say that god is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him and he gives grace generously as the scriptures say God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done let there be sorrow and deep grief let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy humble yourselves before the lord and he will lift you up in honor and so james in those first three verses he he asks some very important questions why all the unrest and the fighting and the scheming, and warring, and jealousy, and godlessness. And here's what the conclusion is this. All of these things begin within ourselves and then are played out in our interactions with others. Think about it. If there's unrest in you, if there's fighting, scheming, warring, jealousy, godlessness in you, how is it not going to affect the interactions with the people that are around you it's simple spillover go with me for a moment and i'm going to give you an example of something maybe you have experienced personally uh, or it's been maybe you've seen it or you've witnessed it it's a thing called road rage has anybody seen this before yes okay you've seen it you've seen it out here okay good we, my wife and I, Jen and I, we were in Barto one time, taking a left out of Wally World, going to uh, Winter Haven, and we saw two dudes get out in the intersection and duke it out. I was like, what was that important for a Saturday morning bra? Okay, what was, what was going on there? And, and the reality is this, that a person, and we're going to just use this one thing, road rage, it just doesn't happen. Okay? A person that is raging on the road is a person who is carrying anger close to the surface. Okay? It doesn't just happen. You don't suddenly get cut off and then lose your mind, and next thing you know, you got transported to the side of this person's car and you're wanting to fight them. It didn't just happen happen you're carrying something that's close to the surface something is brewing inside of you and inevitably there will be spill over you can try to contain it you can try to control it but the spillover in this case is rage because that's what you're carrying and so we see this and we've seen this end tragically and that's just one example. Now think about this with me. If we don't know peace, how can you suppose that you're going to be a peacemaker? In, in the latter part of chapter 3, he encourages, us, hey, be peacemakers, and then you'll have a harvest of righteousness, right? And so how, if we don't know peace, and Jesus is peace. If we don't know peace, how could we be peacemakers? See, because in that situation, what spills over if you carry peace close to the surface? Peace spills over, right? And so, listen to verse 2 and 3 again, because I think they're, they're, they're kind of crazy. Think about it. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. In other words, we, tend to, we have this tendency to have our priorities all wrong. You know, we're, we're again, it's that situation where we're inviting God to bless what we're doing. God, we don't really want to get involved in what you're doing though. Now, how many of you have experienced this and, and you, someone has gotten something and being real, you're just not happy for them. You're just like, you know, you might even have that, that whatever. Are you mad about it? No, I'm not mad. Oh, you can tell. You can tell you're not mad right now, okay? And maybe you've experienced that, right? Someone got a guitar you wanted. Someone got a car you wanted. Someone got, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you were vying for the same girl or the same Same dude, and and, and they got. And you're like, I ain't happy for you. I'm not happy for you for a minute. I'm mad at you, all right? And so, but here is the deal. This is what he's saying. Did you forget to bring God into the situation? Did you ask God first? Because, again, spillover, the core of this stuff begins in you. That's why I've just been harping, if you will, on the inner person the transformation that takes place that when somebody gets something that I wanted I can celebrate with them because they are my friend and I don't have to be mad and jealous and angry I mean we break it down like what do we really need right I've been I've been telling my kids this because we got a shop we got a shopping trip coming up I took the boys yesterday and I took the I'm taking the girls today except Ellie, because she's probably going to be with her boyfriend, all right, so y'all can have that, okay, no, I'm just kidding, so here is the deal, I'm going to take them, and I said to them, hey, what do you need, well, one of my daughters comes back, she needs a list like this, I said, I wish a joker would, well, here's how much, and then I said, well, here's how much you have, what do you need, well, that list got real small, real quick, okay, And, and so what do we need, right, Here's what I would say. If the baseline of what we need doesn't involve God, well, then our priorities are all off. Because our needs will be adjusted as we come into a relationship with Jesus because we're going to be transformed from the inside out. Perspective changes in life. Now, we have to ask this question, a baseline question. Is this in in all of this matter? It's a three-letter word why Why Now think about this Why do I want this item? Why do I want this thing? Why do I want this job? Why do I want to be in this relationship? Why do I want to act this way? But here is the catch of all these why questions. You can ask yourself those questions, right? Why do I want to eat a dozen donuts on Friday? Because I want to, but I'm not being honest with myself, right? Now, here's the deal. You can ask yourself the why questions, but if you're not willing to give an honest answer, you'll never deal with the core problem. Because an honest answer will reveal the true motive. But if you're just going to make up things that aren't real, then you're going to be dealing with problems that aren't real too. And you'll never, ever deal with what is actually happening. And But being honest is hard. It, maybe not for y'all. Maybe y'all got it. Are you honest with yourself all the time? Like, if you're just going to be, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just completely honest with myself. I ask myself questions all the time. No, I'm not. I think I told you guys one time, I realized I wasn't being honest with myself. When I walked into school, I had shaved the middle of my head out, and I, no one noticed. It, I was already that bald, but I wasn't being honest with myself. I thought a joker had hair. I was walking in like, man, this is going to be, the. I'm going to get them good. No one said a word. But that's how we are. Now, think about it. That's just hair. How are we with the things that we're dealing with that we we want to push off to the side? I don't want to honestly say that I have a financial problem. I honestly don't want to say that I have a lust problem. I want to push it off to the side instead of bringing it to the forefront and dealing with it. so we have to be honest with ourselves. Not only do we have to be honest with ourselves, we have to be honest before God, because here's what I believe. If we're honest before ourselves and we're honest before God, that freedom to live actually begins at that point. Transformation begins to happen. The inner person begins to change and then can be changed into the likeness of Christ. True life can begin to well up. And so we have to ask these questions. What do I want right now? Why do I want it? Have I brought God into the picture? And did I bring him in on a like appendix and like, oh yeah, by the way, check this out. I got it all figured out now. How you feeling about it? Why don't we bring God in from the get and say, hey, what do you you think about this? I don't even have it laid out here, but I'm I'm just thinking about this. What do you think about this? Bring God in from the get. Stop bringing him in later on. Now, if you have to do it, bring him in later on. Though I'm not saying like, oh, once you plan something, forget about it. Okay? But God needs to be the center. And we need to realize, man, that, that, that we only begin, uh, that real problems only begin to be resolved. And transformation only begins to take place when we allow God to deal with the real issues. The real issues that hurt. The real issues that, that cause us tears that james talks about the real issues that temporary might might just try to crush our joy those are real issues that we have to deal with we've got to come to the reality of who what is going on in our lives and as we give those things to god we can experience freedom in verses four and five uh james says in so many words hey Your priorities are upside down. What are you doing? Your friendship with the things that are opposed to God are the very things that have brought you to the place of ugliness. You want to know why things are messed up? Because of the way you've been doing them. That's why. Why are you trying to hold on to these things? These things only bring death. Stop trying to hold on to them. He flips the script in verse 6. I love what he does here. It, it's just this slight little, he does. He inserts this little thing. Hey, here you go, by the way. What does he say? He says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Just that little sentence there. But he gives grace generously. Now he opposes the proud, but he will honor, he'll honor the humble. Wow. Okay. What what does that mean? Does that mean even if I've traded like the good for bad, or even if I've maybe traded great for just good, even if I was actively pursuing to be against God, do you mean that he can come and meet me where I'm at? It, It says this, he hands out grace to you. He gives grace generously. It's it's not just a little grace. He doesn't do it like begrudgingly. He doesn't say, oh, I guess so. You can have some grace. He says, no, if you'll humble yourself, I will give you grace. God hands out grace like we have never seen it before. Now, some people say, well, cheap grace. No, there's a cost, right? There's a cost. It, it, It costs you everything that you are. Because you're saying, no, God, I'm not doing it on my own anymore. I want you to take over. See, God is like this, I believe. Oh, you did something terrible? I want to be your friend. Oh, you can't believe that I would love you? I love you. Oh, you can't forgive yourself? Just ask me. I'll forgive you. Oh, you don't have the strength to walk? I'll walk beside you. Oh, you're just You just want to be, or you think you're going to be left behind because you're not worth it? I'll leave the 99. And I will rescue you from the pit where you are. I will pour out my grace on you because I see you, I love you, and I will never stop pursuing you. The God of the universe, the God who created Everything is looking at you. He's seeing you, and he's saying these three words, I love you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what situation you're in, you come to him, and he says, I love you. And not only this, he extends the invitation to you. Wow. 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 It doesn't matter. He hands His grace out to you. Things that we can't imagine in our mind, forgiving people of, He is forgiving people of. Things that in our mind block our relationship with Jesus, he is inviting you to get past those things. Verses 7 through 10 ask this. It says, if you desire to be close to God, then humble yourself. Okay, hold up. But but there's got to be more because, because you don't know what I've done. You, you don't even know what I said this morning. Now, this is you talking to God. You, God, you don't know what I, creator of the universe, who holds everything in your hand, you don't know what I did. You don't know how bad I am. Now, here's what he says Humble yourself. Humble yourself. It can't be that simple. It, can't be. There, it cannot be that simple. There, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. It's got to be more complex. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. No, it doesn't. Here, here's our issue. We believe that and we feel that like sometimes complexity brings significance. It's got to be complex. All right? If I don't solve a math problem up here, and it starts over there in the left corner, and it just continues the whole screen. I have my solution over there. Boy, that'll impress. But if I put 2 plus 2 up there, and I get it right, and it says 4, uh, that's not very impressive. Is it not? I think it's, it's super impressive. Now, what, what if it was like, you know, like, I love you words it's really simple like god's love for you i love you and here's the other part of that equation the acceptance of that love well i don't love you god i love you i don't even think you're real god i love you you don't know my situation god i love you I'm a horrible person. I love you. I have all these problems. I love you. In the book of John, it says this, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. God. And the Word was God. He, that is the Word, He, existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You want us to process that for a second. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus existed in all of time. He's the only begotten Son of God. Jesus invites you into a relationship with Him. It says this, if, I'm, if Jesus is in me, here's what it says about Jesus, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. If you are living in Jesus, the light can never be extinguished. In John 15, 1 through 5 it says this I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying there's a reliance on me. There's a relationship that has to be had. Let's work at this thing together. But here's, here's the first thing I need you to do is just come to me. Humble yourself and come to me and here, here's the promise he says those who remain in me and i in them let me tell you something i in them is not ever going to not happen he will always be there it's typically the ones where we say well i don't know i'm gonna walk away but here's what he says to you when you walk away i love you what i love you Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says this. They've been just through a whirlwind of events. Jesus is crucified, he's raised from the dead. He's meeting with his disciples, and he says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Remember, do you remember in that John passage when he was there since the beginning of time? I've been given all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i i have given you and be sure of this i am always with you even to the end of the age can we come together this morning church and realize that god is with us he has not abandoned us he is calling us to bring people alongside and say hey here is jesus here is jesus jesus loves you jesus loves you and because jesus loves you i love you i mean we have to we have to come to this reality we have to say we've heard this before let god be god right let god be god in your life live wholehearted for jesus what does that mean Oh, well, I have a certain amount of quiet time every day. I read this amount of Bible. No, live wholehearted for Jesus. Stop trying to put rules on it. It's a simple gospel. It's a simple reality. It's the simple truth that will overtake and transform every part of your being. Well, how do I know if I'm living? Your life will begin to reflect it. It cannot you cannot be in the presence of God and not be changed. Will you be perfect? No. Will you be changed and transformed? Yes. Will that transformation process continue to happen on and on and on? Yes. Wow. You begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You begin to realize that the spillover is peace instead of rage, that it's love instead of hate, that it's grace instead of judgment. You are being transformed into the likeness of christ lean into christ he is the only hope i want to read these again because i think some of you are are there oh i did this terrible thing i want to be your friend god says to you oh you can't believe i can't just believe that you would love me it's too complex it's simple i love you oh you can't forgive me of this i can't even forgive myself just ask me i will forgive you oh i don't have the strength to walk I will walk beside you, and if necessary, I will carry you. Oh, you just, I'm going to be left behind because I'm just not even worth it. I see you, and I'm coming for you. Guys, we live in times that are uncertain, but I'm certain about one thing, and that's Jesus. The reality of the situation that we're living in shouldn't come as a surprise to any of us. Our hope is not diminished by anything that is going on because of Jesus. Because Jesus is saying to people that don't know him, people that despise him, people that know him, I love you. He's the only hope, he's the only reality. He's the only thing that is everlasting that we'll ever interact with in our lives. The hope of Jesus. Think about this, man. I just stand up. If you have the ability to stand, will you stand with me? Yeah. Wow. God is so good. All the time. There it is. That's what's up. So I just want to encourage you with this. Uh, it's not just in the, this room that God is good. Uh, when you leave here today, God is with you. When you go to your home today, God is with you. God is actually for you. When you Going to work on Monday, or you're at the house on Monday, God is with you. God is with you when you get that pay raise, and God is with you when you lose your job. God is with you. God loves you when you got that pay raise and promotion, and God loves you when you were let go of your job. God loves you in the middle of that argument, and he loves you when you're bringing peace. He loves you. He sees you like he doesn't just see around you. He sees you. He sees you. So we're going to pray. and, and here's a, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit, would you just come, Holy Spirit? I don't want just goosebumps.) <laughs> I want transformation from the inside out. And if it comes with goosebumps, I'll take them. But I just don't want it just them. I want God to come and move in our lives so that we can see our neighborhoods transformed, so that we can see our city transformed, so that we can see our nation transformed. said something earlier this week there is not a president or a policy that will truly bring peace there's a king and his kingdom that will bring peace and that's what we need to be living epistles living out the word of god pray with me God, as we leave here today, we want to leave changed. We want to leave changing. We want to be more like you. We want to give a yes to you in places where we haven't before. We want to have you deal with things that only you can deal with. We want to be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to be living out a life that is reflective of you. So God, I pray that that would be a reality. I pray that we would leave this place empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a transformed life as we trust in you, Jesus.